listening ears and open hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Give it up for Gabe and his alter ego, Clark Pumpernickel. <laughs> like to have some fun around here. So uh, things are exciting. Uh, we keep moving forward, and uh, there will be church after Easter, just so you know. I know we're excited about these two Sundays, but it is important that we settle into the vision and the pace that God has called us. And, uh, and so uh, we've got a big, big vision, a big calling, and, and we're happy to see the people that are stepping into uh, their, their part of it here. And so yesterday, uh, we apologize if the communication didn't, the reminder didn't go out to everybody, but we had a cleaning slash work day yesterday. We had about 10 of us out here, and so you should see things up like the cross and the entryway. The doors are back on. I, we kind of tried something, and the fire marshal did not like what we tried, and so the fire do the doors are back on, and uh, it, it should actually help with the noise. Uh, we're just concerned about the flow after service, but but man, if, if you're rubbing elbows with somebody, get to know them, okay? So if we're going to bump into each other, we might as well be on a first-name basis, and uh, that's a great thing to have. And uh, we've got some things up like paper towel dispensers. And, and how about these lights that are up here by the stage? Did you notice those during worship? Those are sweet. Those are a donation from Crossroads Church in Lithopolis. Pretty cool. And uh, so when we had our, uh, I think we had some stuff on Facebook, or maybe it was even the, uh, the uh, news, newspaper article, Pastor Joe reached out to me and he said, I don't see stage lights in your pictures. Do you want some? I said, yes. And, uh, and so Randy hung those up yesterday, and, and so God's just good, and it's exciting to, uh, to have this. Uh, we'll talk some more about next week in a minute here, but we are finishing our Mission Possible series today. And uh, so this was on purpose. This was about us seeing the mission for what it is, seeing our part in the mission, that we have a role to play, and that the mission in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit is possible. And so um, the Mission Possible movies and TV shows are all based on seemingly impossible missions. We've got another one coming this summer, and I'm sure it will be quite ridiculous in how they accomplish the task uh, that's placed upon them. But our mission is to represent Jesus to the world around us. And I watched the news a little bit. I covered that last week that I'm not a news person. But it doesn't take a genius to look around and just think this is a really tough place to share Jesus and that there's a lot of, lot of stuff going on in a dark world around us. We can look around this world and we can feel like the mission isn't, is not possible. But we are his ambassadors and we have been breaking that down into three roles. Uh, first week, the, who remembers two weeks ago? First week was our mission is to invite. Good job, good, good job. And we tied that in with sharing your faith. So even giving out something little, like these super cool little squares that say, be my guest. And on the back, it has our church's information. And so this is a simple way to invite a friend, a neighbor to church. And... Uh, that also opens the door for you to share your story about why you go to church, why it's an important part of your life and what God has done and is doing in your life. And so we are called to share our story and we're called to share our Jesus with people. We're called to share the church with people. And, and somebody you know and love might be in another part of the city, another part of the planet. I guarantee that they're within driving distance of a Jesus-preaching, people-loving church. And I don't care where they end up, because God wants them to be in his family, and that is huge, okay? A lot bigger than just the, the FC this morning. Um, our grand opening is next week, 
Easter's in two. Yeah, come on, get excited. This is crazy. God is doing something big. It is a wave that I don't want to end, and I'm just having fun on it. Uh, but Easter is in two weeks, as Andrew mentioned. Who are you inviting? I, I hear the buzz all around the building. I hear, oh, I've invited my sister. I've invited this person. I think they're coming, and I love that. That means you're excited about being here. That means you're excited about the vision here. And it means that you care about those people in your life. And you see that Jesus can make a difference in their life. And so that is a good, good thing. So who are you inviting? Our vision as a church, just so you know, I'm, I try to mention it every now and then, it comes from Luke 14, 23. There's a little story there uh, where Jesus is, is uh, he's asked a question just about where people um, about eating in the kingdom of God and just celebrating at the end of end of time and and he does this little story which he does so well that just breaks stuff down into what's really important and he tells this story about a about a master who owned a house and he was preparing for a huge banquet banquet and he sends out invitations and people don't respond to the invitations some people are going to say no but then he says go invite other people the banquet is going to happen. The banquet is going to happen. And Jesus, Father God, want as many people at that banquet as possible. His victory is, is, is in as many people as possible choosing to love God. And so in Luke 14, 23, in the message, it says it this way. The master looks at his servant. He says, I want my house to be full. Is that beautiful? That's why our logo is the shape of a house, just so you know. Trivia. There you go. Even if I can't or don't want to go to something, I like being invited to things. Right? Don't you like it when people include you? It kind of kind of rubs you the wrong way when you, you get around a few friends that you thought you were in the circle, and they're like, they're talking about something they went and did. You're like, um... I, I would have gone, you know, and uh, how about me next time, you know, and, and maybe I did, you know, maybe it's me, and uh, I say that a lot, and, uh, but even if I can't or don't want to go to something, it means something to me to be invited, and so your friends, your family will appreciate even knowing that they're welcome here and knowing that you would like them to be with you here. It'll mean something to them, even if they give you a little bit of the stiff arm. Do they know your story? You've got a story. And God gave you that story so that you could help somebody else with it. Uh, last week, we learned about our mission to serve. Serving is mission critical because we learned from Paul that it is what opens the door for people to do what? Hear you. If people don't believe that you are for them, that you're interested more in them, just like every salesperson that comes to your door, you don't believe that they care more for you than their pocket, right? So you don't want to listen to what they say. So it's important that here at this church that people come in and they see that we care about them as people, as a family, about the difficulties that are in their life about the pains that are in their past the challenges that are in there today and and their dreams for their future this should be a place that serves the people that come in the door 
And as we serve each other and as we remember to keep serving the people outside of this building, we can make a difference. Uh, we need all hands on deck in this place. Uh, we're going to have a lot of extra guests the next two weeks, so we're going to ramp up every position. Um, but even in the weeks to come, it's that we shouldn't have to struggle for help in, in the nursery and, and, and uh, at greeters at the door. But let me just describe a few of the things for next week so you can get excited because hot dogs are involved. <laughs> I'm pathetic because I love me a good hot dog. So here's the deal. We are basically, our goal is that there are 50 plus people that each of the next two weeks, that's 50 for each week, will be wearing volunteer t-shirts and doing something for somebody else on those next two Sunday mornings. Most of you are already on that list and you're getting your t-shirt and you're ready to go and I just love it. I ordered, out of faith, an extra 12 t-shirts. And that's not easy to do because there are lots of things that have dollar bills attached to them right now. So we have a $650 t-shirt bill. Thank you, Jesus. That means we have 75 people signing up to do things. That's wonderful. I will keep going. Come on, come on, come on. That's stuff that only Jesus can do because I... It doesn't do me any good to beg people. I can't get my kids to do nothing. I can't get you all to do nothing. You have to see the vision and believe that you're important and know that you're doing something for God. It's not enough just to do it for me. And please don't. Do it because God wants you to. And so the t-shirts will be in here uh, the end of next week. And so um, you can coordinate with me to pick them up by my house or just change into them uh, on either the next Sundays you're serving. Listen to what we got going on. We're trying to have basically four or five people outside between the park in the parking lot area and greeting at the front door. We want to have the welcome center staff. We're having extra people to back up the, the kids, uh, teachers, in case they get run over uh, next week. We're going to run a kids craft table after the after the service so kids can make a craft um, if you saw on Facebook uh, Nicole our kids director her son did a coloring page and it's the front of our church dude it's awesome and uh, except it has like animals in the front yard and, and I'm like I don't I don't want an elephant to come to church but kids like animals and so anyways and I said something about hot dogs right we're gonna grill 300 hot dogs next week and I'm hoping to get one, and uh, we're going to have 200 cupcakes, hoping to get one, and uh, we're going to have lemonade, and we're going to have snack packs. We're just going to have a party outside, okay? Uh, we need people to change trash bags, extra, extra helpers in kids' rooms, wrapping hot dogs, you name it. We've got a spot for you in the next two weeks and, uh, and, and in the weeks to come, um, which brings us to phase three of our mission. Clark Pumpernickel set the stage for this one. <laughs> your mission should you choose to accept it is to give we are looking at the writings of paul in this series arguably christ's greatest ambassador if you guys want to go with me to second uh, corinthians chapter 9 6 through 8 i'll give you a second to get there Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, 
but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Friends, giving is mission critical. We each have a role to play. We each have things that we bring to the table. In, uh, in church world, they'll use these words of time, talent, and treasure. Um, money is, is, is oftentimes the, the, the easiest thing for people to give. Uh, I'm so thankful that, and maybe you guys are too, that I haven't been on the stage for the last three weeks uh, during, during our worship. You're not supposed to be too happy about it, but during the worship time... <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Adam can stop singing on a microphone, but we've had two young guitarists, I mentioned this last week, and it's been wonderful. It's just what a gift to see people share their talents, and, and part of that is giving their time. Those are huge. That goes with serving hand in hand, and so to be here bright and perky at 10 a.m. in a classroom might not be the most exciting thing on your calendar, but I want it to be. Because those kids that are coming in to hear about Jesus, they're not, they might not hear about it anywhere else during the week, maybe. And you've got an opportunity to be in there, have the classroom ready, be there for kids that show up. First-time guests are usually always early, by the way. So there's a reason to be in that classroom, to be ready to love on some kids and share Jesus, right? And so giving up your time, giving up your talent, and giving up your treasure is a big deal, and it's a big deal to God. We each have something to give. So there were these two old dollar bills. One was a $100 bill, and one was a $1 bill. And they were at a retirement center. They're, just, they're, just, they're at the end of their life, and they're just chatting. Use your imagination. $100 bill says, man, I've lived a good life. I got to go to the amusement park. I got to go to the theater, I got to go to the zoo, I got to go to some baseball games, I wasted some money and went to see the Buckeyes play yesterday. Wow, said the, dollar, said the $1 bill, you sure have had a good life. $100 bill said, where'd you get to go? Oh, I've been to the Baptist church, I've been to the Methodist church, and I've been to that crazy new family church. $100 bill said, what's a church? <laughs> we actually, that was a joke, by the way. I'm not a good joke teller. We actually have many generous givers in this church. But we all need reminded of the mission, right? God gave Paul and us the mission of taking his message to the world. A group of us did not plant this church five years ago because we went to lousy churches or we were bored. Quite the opposite. About 20 of us came from across the street, Trinity Family Life Center. Most of them were my family, so family church was kind of tongue-in-cheek, and we needed a few extra people with different last names just so it wasn't a cult, okay? <laughs> a couple families came from Columbus Vineyard, and this little ragtag group of, of people, about 25, 30 people, were basically part of the original group that, that felt Jesus call them to, to reach out to other people and to start a little church called the FC, the Family Church. We went to good churches and we weren't bored. 
but God gave us a mission to reach people. The people that are on the outside looking in. That was how I did youth ministry. I, was, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to reach the kid that didn't have anybody. The kid that didn't know he was loved. The kid that needed a purpose. The people that don't know the love of God and the blessing of being a part of his family. God has put some big goals on our heart as a church. We are here to build and restore families. A key way to that is, is, is through marriage. A marriage is under attack from one end of the spectrum to the other in our culture. And it's, it's, no, it's no easy thing to, to, to fight for your family, to fight for, that, for, to fight for that relationship. It's easy to fight in the relationship. But we want to help people fight for the relationship. I have a heart for young people. I was a youth pastor for 10 years, and, and some of the people you see with me, and it helped us plant, were my kids, Joel, who runs the, worst, uh, the Welcome Center, Catherine, who sings so beautifully every Sunday, Clark Pumpernickel. Uh, those are my kids. And, and they're here doing ministry with me today. It just blesses me, right? We want to keep reaching young people, uh, teens and in their 20s. I have a heart to be a part of the solution for addiction. It's, it's terrorizing our community. It's terrorizing our country. And we're losing people to, to, to drugs. And, to, and they can be addicted to anything. But I want to be a part of the solution as a church here. We want to support other ministries. Uh, we've had Pastor Lloyd preach here. And one of my friends is the chaplain down at the Juvenile Detention Center. Those type of ministries get most of their funding from churches. They can't pass the plate at their ministries, right? So those are, they call those parachurch ministries. Those are the ones out there actually doing the stuff during the week. And they get their funding from churches. How awesome would it be if the family church could bankroll some missionaries both locally and on the national and on the world level? That's what we want to be a part of. We want to be a part of changing the world constantly. We all know that big goals require lots of resources, and I'm so thankful for every person that gives and serves. Let me catch you up on our story. Some of you don't even know the whole story. We launched in September of 2013, so we're going to have a big five-year birthday party coming up in September. Pretty cool. Four years ago, we built this great little church, and I just shared about it. And, and the last four years have been great. We've, we've had a, a really special time just getting to know each other. When you have 40, 50 regular people, you, you get close. And yet there was something in my heart and in my mind that said, God, this, this, this can't be it. I love every person here with all my heart. And, and if this is all you called us to do, then I'm, I'm in. But it, it doesn't feel like everything. And we would try different things, and, and we were down in the strip center um, by uh, Donato's. Had lots of good smells after service, and uh, no, no shortage of restaurants there. We got, like, Wendy's here, but, you know, sorry. So four years, we are faithful there. And a lot of that came at the generosity of, of, uh, of the landlord there who let us be there for, for basically 25% of what that space would sell for. But it came with a catch. The catch was, as soon as he could get a full price tenant, the discount people were out. And yet we kept meeting there month after month, year after year. 
until November 7th, a day I don't think I'm going to forget. Just a few months ago, I got an email. It said, Pastor Adam, it's time to go. We looked around the city at some other available commercial real estate. Felt called to Pickerington with every part of me. Even though there's lots of other great churches, I just felt like we have a different different voice, a different feel, and a different way to reach people. And, and God wants all those houses to be full. And it was very expensive to rent other places, places that we couldn't afford. We were already too big to go back to my house, which would have been fun if we were like 20 people maybe. Poor Danielle, that would, she'd have lost it. And then somebody said, what about that building? Well, this just isn't any building to me, folks. If you don't know my story, this is where I came to church starting at age 10 when it was Trinity. And Trinity grew and built the new building, beautiful building you see across the street. And so from 10 to 19, this is where I came to church. This is where I came to youth group. This is where I met my wife and my best friends. This is, in fact, right by where Angie's sitting is where I sat most Sundays. Right there is where I preached my first sermon when I was in the 12th grade. It was not just any building. But I didn't have 200 and some thousand dollars. We were happy to pay the bills. Nice little church. And then somebody said, what if it was paid for? And I said, well, that changes everything. Somebody wrote a check for $200,000 and gave it to the family church. We negotiated our buy price down to $150,000, which is another miracle in itself. You are talking land value at that point, and we get this amazing building basically for free. We had $50,000 of immediate repairs that were needed. There was a big hole right above your head, uh, kind of over there. And we had uh, insulation all over those rows, and it scared everybody to death about this building because between that and, and about 10,000 pounds of mold in the, in the basement, uh, it was like, you're crazy. Well, maybe I am. We had to buy a $16,000 furnace that's right outside those windows there that's keeping us a nice 68 degrees because I'm cheap right now. That first electric bill, man, it about broke my heart. It was $2,000 for the month of January. I was like, oh, crazy. So $50,000 immediately spent on restoring and remodeling the building. We've raised another 11 on top of that that we've already spent, <laughs> okay? You, you give it, we'll spend it. There's plenty of things to do. Somebody else notices it in the morning. The church looks and smells a lot better. Who smelled this building three months ago? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up if you think it got, if it's gotten better. Now, that might, if you put your hand down, it might just be the person next to you, but... Uh, Somebody has donated hours and hours to clean the carpets around this place. And they have threatened my life and their, and their future volunteering if I mention who they are. So, another generous, another generous soul. But it smells good in here. We've got a few uh, big needs left this year. Um, we don't have a fire alarm system. 
uh, that's disturbing on a few levels. And, uh, and so we've got a quote in for a great uh, guy who did the work over at C3. And um, we've got existing uh, smoke detectors in the building, but they don't go to any panel because somebody took the panel. <laughs> okay. So the fire department wants uh, us to have a fire alarm system, which is just crazy, right? And uh, so more smoke detectors and uh, more notifications, so things that like strobes and, and those wonderful obnoxious noises if you've ever heard modern uh, fire alarms go off. And uh, so we've got a $5,000 fire system that we want to do now. That's, that's, like, that's next. We get past Easter, we're basically going to stockpile our dough until we can pay cash for that. We are debt-free, and I want it to stay that way. Come on, come on. That's huge. We have not borrowed one dime. We don't carry a credit card here, and uh, we don't owe anything on the building. We don't owe anything for the renovations, and that's how I want it to stay till as long as it can. And, um, and so beyond that, part of, uh, part of our deal with the fire department, we still don't have full occupancy here as far as our a permit, and that's kind of important. And uh, they're being very patient with us, the township and that. But part of it also is that we replaced the drywall that we had to take out that was damaged in the basement. There was a double layer of drywall on the ceiling. So somebody, if you've ever done drywall, just say, just think of two layers of 5-H drywall hanging it on the ceiling and just cry for a second. Well, we're going to pay somebody to do that because I'm not that crazy. And, uh, and so we've got to do electric work. And, and if you haven't seen the lower basement, I'm talking about past the kids' area, past the bathrooms, open the door, help yourself. There is another few thousand square feet just waiting on us to use. That area is going to be a swing space for events. I'm picturing our kids' church down there, youth ministry, you name it. We're going to fill that with people as much as we can and just go crazy down there. I redid the envelopes this week just as a reminder. So uh, turn around real quick and let's, say, let's wave to Bill, our awesome sound guy. Hi, Bill. Right underneath Bill is 100 envelopes, well, actually 99, and they're, they're, they're written on them 1 through 100. And if you do some quick math, and it's fun to figure out, you're going to come up with just under $5,000 if all of those get taken. So the last time we did this, the kids got involved. And, and the point is, is that somebody's $77 goes really well with somebody else's $23 and makes a nice hundred dollars. You see what I'm saying? God wants you to give what you can and what he leads you to. And so there, that's, why there's, that's why there's an envelope back there with the one dollar bill. Now my pastor Scott, he actually took the one dollar bill, <laughs> one dollar envelope the last time we did this. He walks out to me when we're leaving the old church and uh, he, you just see the edge of his envelope sticking out of his Bible. He says, I got you. And then he opened up his cover, and there's the $1. I said, you dog. And uh, he's like, we'll probably add a little something to it. And um, just so you know, Danielle and I have the $100 one, and uh, we are committed. Uh, we're committed like crazy uh, to what God is doing in this place. We have some outreach goals for this year. We want to have our going. How about, here's a faith statement. We are going to have our first vacation Bible school. Come on. We're hoping that it's a few days long. We're, we're, we're not going to go too crazy, but we're hoping for a two- to three-day uh, experience for us to share Jesus with kids. And so we want to promote that in the 4th of July parade. And so we haven't been in a parade in about three years. And so we've got a team that's, that's going to head up the uh, uh, parade. 
because I'm usually very tired because the day before we'll have a fundraiser down at Red, White, and Boom, and uh, we'll need your help with that. But we've got big dreams, and we're going to start. We're going to start doing them because it's one thing to make a building nice, but if we forget about the world around us, then we're just a club sitting in a nice building, and that's not good enough. That's not why God uh, put us here. Our mission is to be Christ's ambassadors. We each have. We each have to invite, serve, and give to fulfill the mission. Let's listen again to 2 Corinthians 9. If you kept your place, I'm going to go right to it. Remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So a question. Do you hear threats, judgment, or manipulation in those verses? Part of the reason why we do our giving in the back is because I believe that giving and the message on giving has been tainted and even abused in the church. And pressure has been used and manipulation has been used and, and oftentimes even a twisting of scripture. And, and, and you are all allowed to hold me accountable that that doesn't happen here. So one of the reasons why we do that box in the back is so that somebody who comes in for the first time doesn't feel guilty when a plate goes in front of them. And so it's important that the people that feel called to this mission, this church, are taking care of the needs of this church. And, and everybody's happy, right? And then when somebody grows in Jesus and they say, oh, I want to be a part of this. God, you want me to give. Then when they walk back with whatever that is amount in their hand, it is pure. I want that first time that they give money to the church, which has such amazing, so many people have issues attached to that. And how precious is that when somebody gives to the church, especially somebody for the first time or they're new in Jesus? I don't hear threats, judgment, or manipulation in those verses. Do you hear a bunch of rules? I don't hear a bunch of rules. I hear the voice of a good friend or a dad, or a teacher in those verses. Hey, how many times have your parents said, don't forget, fill in the blank. Benjamin was off to school the other morning. He texted me, bye, I love you, dad. And I texted him back. I said, don't forget that a half is in all of the triangle formulas. It is, by the way. I had to check. I had to Google that. It's been a while. But he kept forgetting the half and all of his triangle formulas and missing those questions. So as a dad, last thought out the door, big test, don't forget. 16 out of 16, best grade he got all year in math class. Whew, I tell you, getting that boy through school, I should get the diploma. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't forget. If you plant a little bit, and I don't even think this is being negative, if you plant something, Lily got married just a year or so ago, if you save anything, she's actually 
pretty good with money. But if you save a little, then you'll have a little. I don't hear negativity there. If you save a lot, you're going to have a lot. If you invest a lot, hey, don't forget, you get to choose what you invest. That's the choice that comes with responsibility. You get to choose how much you sow, but here's the responsibility part. By choosing how much you sow, you're also choosing how much you reap. And God's just saying, here it is. Don't forget, whatever you invest is going to come back. Oh, and, and by the way, don't ever give to some idiot that pressures you. And oh, don't give if you really don't want to. What? What kind of preacher is that up there? That's what Paul said. Don't give reluctantly. Why? Because that's just a piece of paper. It's just a piece of paper. If your heart's not attached to it, I'll tell you the truth. Don't do it. My prayer is that every dollar that goes into that red box has a piece of our hearts attached to it that says, I believe in what's going on here. And I believe that God has purpose for me and that I have a part to play. And that all of our collective purpose together, we're going to do something together. I want our hearts to be in it. Oh, don't forget, God loves a cheerful giver. Have you ever given something and you still got, you're like, you're still gripping it? Like, like kids on the playground, you're trading toys, same time, same time. It's supposed to feel good. You should feel great after you give something away. You should feel the best you'll feel that whole day after you give something away. I hear a father's heart wanting all of his kids to live in generosity with him. Because what's he say there at the end? I'm going to take care of you. I, keep sharing. It's going to be there for you. And you're going to still be able to share with other people. It's blown my mind at, at, uh, at the lack financially that Danielle and I have had at times. And yet, I look at what we've given away and I look at uh, it crazy. It happens with your, it works with your time and your talent too. It's like, man, I don't know if I could, you got to be careful not to overcommit. Please don't mishear me. But if God leaves, leads you to get give some of your time or some of your talent, do it. Find a way to do it because he's going he's gonna to make that, he's going to take care of you. He's basically saying just keep your hands open and keep giving away whatever I give you. And we're going to do that with this building too. I learned that from my pastor, Pastor Scott. You have a nice building, you share it with other people that need it. You have a room that people can use for a meeting, you, you let them use it. Now, depending on what they're meeting about, okay, we'll, we'll check into them. I want this place full all the time. Whether or not it's an FC activity, 
I think it's a beautiful thing when a building like this is just full of different people using our building. Even at the last place, we had different friends. Oh, I forgot we're going to have a DJ next week. Woo! Yeah, you think you see me, I embarrass y'all dancing. I'm going to get crazy next week. Uh, Chris Featherstone's a DJ. He reached out to me. Had, we didn't know each other. He didn't know me from Adam. Hey, and bad joke. That's a dad joke. Bad. Bad. He reached out to me and said, hey, can, can I use your place for, for a small concert? People love Jesus. We've we got some other people getting together and need a, need a space. Absolutely. He probably used our building for probably 50 things over the last five years over at our last building. Do you want to know how many dollars came to our church from those events? Five million. No. Zero. Zero. I, God was letting us use that place for pennies on the dollar. We were meeting in there once a week. Use it. And I'd tell them the same thing the landlord told me. Use it till you got it. And I'd be nervous scheduling events six months ahead. <laughs> really, like, I might not have it when we get there is what I tell people. But you're welcome to it. He's coming. He's DJing for free uh, next Sunday. Hopefully you got to meet him, say hi to Chris. But he's going to be setting up. Hopefully if we can just get over 45 degrees next week, I'll, I'll, I'll have him be outside and, and we'll crank this place up. I hear a father's heart wanting all of his kids to live in generosity with him. Just keep your hands open. Keep giving away whatever I give you. You'll always have enough for you and to share. Jesus said something similar in Luke. Luke 6, 38 says this, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That's Jesus, folks. I didn't write it. Listen to it in the message, though. Sometimes it's great to, even if you have like your comfort edition, like your comfort edition of the Bible, sometimes it's good to hear it with a little bit different language. This is beautiful. Give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back. Given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Those of you in this room that have given your life away, you have no regrets. I guarantee you don't. Our mission is to be ambassadors. Our mission is to represent Jesus to the world around us. What did Jesus do? Instead of what would Jesus do, what did Jesus do? He gave his life away. Give your life away, you'll find life given back, but not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Now, every Mission Impossible movie begins with something being lit, right? You see this fuse go through all the scenes? The fuse ignites on explosion. Fuse, boom, right? More complicated. Fuse, boom. If you want your life to explode with purpose, light the fuse. And God's given it to us. Share 
invite, serve, and give. Now, I've had questions about membership over the years here at Family Church. Questions like, I want to be a member, or do you have members, or what do you, what do, you do? Well, we, don't, we haven't really figured that out yet. We knew all 40 of us before, so it was real simple. And uh, we could tell who was a part and who wasn't. So things are a little simpler, and we'll figure that out. But I have mixed feelings on church membership because I've seen the dark side of church membership. And by the way, if you've been to a church, you've seen the dark side of church membership. Every church has to struggle with this. And that is, this church is for me. And everybody gets matching shirts, and everybody is a part of the club, and I'm in just because I make a few promises, and now I'm just one of the club. Right? And I've seen where a church will have a membership, let's just say a few hundred people, but you see 30 people serving and giving on the average Sunday morning. How many members does the church really have? If I'm hurting your feelings, I, I'm not sorry. <laughs> but that's what I want membership to look like, is, is people that understand I'm, I'm a part of this. And so people are going to move through this church in different ways. There's going to be people that are, that are considering our church, that are, that are looking around here. And at some point, we want you to become connected to this church. And so that Connect card is a simple way, just so you know what's happening, so you can participate. But then there should start to be something that else that happens in you and as you stay here. You should become committed to what's happening in this place. And so I have had people say, well, I want to join. What do I do? Invite, share your story with the people that God put in your life. This is our volunteer card. It says, put me in coach. Serve. Be a part of the team. We're all sports fans or we all cheer for different things or whatever else. There's a big difference between me sitting up in C-deck at the, at the horseshoe and those guys that are on the team. And still pretty cool that our Buckeyes made it as far as they did and to get to the tournament yesterday. But are you just a fan here or are you part of the team? Invite, serve. This one's the hardest on us. It just is. A $100 bill just looks a lot bigger at church than it does at the grocery store. It just does. Give. And I don't say that in any way to manipulate or to make anybody feel bad. But the people committed to this work are doing those three things. And the reason why there's a church today is because of people doing those three things. And the reason why I believe Family Church is going to be here five years from now is because of this group doing those three things. Can we pray this morning? God, I thank you for this.
this series right before these two weeks where I just believe you're going to draw a whole lot of new faces around here. And so this three weeks has been a, a bit of a locker room pep talk. It's been a reminder that there is a mission. The mission is very important. There are people that aren't a part of God's family around us. And God wants them to be a part of His family. That's very, very important. The second thing this series was supposed to reveal in your heart is that you have a role to play. Just like in those movies where each person had an assignment and if one person wasn't there, that there was a glitch in the plan. God is so personal that He would use you in a unique way as part of a larger plan. And that's what He's done in my life. It's what He's doing in the people that have stepped up in this place and He wants to do it in every heart in this room. You are mission critical. If you're ready to light the fuse in your life, if you want your life to explode with purpose, if you want to make a difference and help build the kingdom of God, would you raise your hand this morning and say yes? Say yes to the mission. Say yes to represent Jesus in the world around you. Is that you this morning? I see those hands. God sees them. I see those hands. Are we going to say yes to the mission as a church, as the family church? Are we going to pay attention that people are dying in our community of opioid addiction? Are we going to pay attention to the families that are falling apart around us? Are we going to pay attention to the young people that don't have any purpose? Yet, are we going to say yes? Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus and you realize that He loves you with a ferocious passion. And He's placed people in your life that have invited you have shared their story with you, have given their lives away to you, and have served you, and you see the cost that has been spent on your behalf so that you could be reached and be a part of God's family, and you say, I'm, I'm ready today. If you're ready to say yes to Jesus this morning, would you raise your hand where you're at? It's, 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 it's so big. It's the most important thing we do here. Make it available every Sunday. Father God, we thank You for this message. God, we thank You for purpose. We thank You, God, that you don't, want to, you don't want to just know us. You want to connect us to Your family and You want to connect us to Your plan. You don't just save us, God. You fill us with purpose. Father God, I echo Andrew's prayers earlier, God, that You would use us 
and fill this place in the next two weeks as we have lots of guests, lots of company, as we make a splash in this community and announce that we're here. God, I pray that we'd back up the bang. And then as we light this fuse of inviting, serving, and giving, God, that you'll explode in our community. Can we stand and sing this morning?